Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Walk in your abundance. Father, we receive the word of the Lord in Jesus' mighty name. This is the time to walk in the abundance of the Lord. If you receive it, say amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. 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 Praise God. Daughter, say she don't know if she can sit. Hallelujah. I guess it's a good moment to go ahead and straighten out your wig. Amen. Go ahead and adjust your lashes. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, one more time. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you would. I said, right, son, she good. Let her worship. Amen. Hey, she leading by example. Amen. Let the children show us how to worship. Suffer not the little ones to come unto me, says Jesus. Amen. That's a true heart of worship. She ain't worried about none of y'all. She ain't, she ain't stunting none of y'all. Look, amen. Hallelujah. The heart of a worshiper. Can I tell you something right fast that just dropped in my spirit? Worship is not for you. <laughs> Don't run to the house of God talking about, oh, I needed that worship moment. Worship's not for you. Worship is for God. And you think their job and their assignment is to lead you into worship. It is not their job and their assignment to lead you into worship. It is their assignment to gather the worshipers that we may worship him. And that, watch this, the word of worship means to minister to. So in other words, we are not ministering to you from the platform. You should be ministering to him with your worship. Every hand lifted, every voice, every word that is spoken unto God is worship unto him. And when you learn how to truly worship him, then the king of glory will sit down on your worship. Oh, I felt glory on that. The king of glory will sit down on your worship. Great and mighty things he'll do when he rests upon your worship. Great and mighty things he'll do, signs and wonders when he sits down on your worship. Oh, the worship was off today. The worship was off today because of you. Because you didn't do your assignment. And that's to minister to God. The word worship in the Greek, proskuneo, which means to bow down, to lay prostrate before, to kiss, to send kisses to. In other words, it's intimacy. So your worship should be intimate with God. That when you worship, you ain't worried about nobody. If your eyelash hit the floor, if your mascara run, if your wig lean and rocks with it, you ain't worried about nobody. Because it's the audience of one. It's what your heart should desire. To minister to him. That's true worship. And that can happen without a praise team. Without a four-piece accompaniment. Worship is when you minister to God. So for about 15 seconds, can you just worship him? Come on, minister to God. Come on, minister to him. By way of stream, online, wherever you are, just minister to God. Proskuneo, come on, 
Send kisses towards him. Get intimate with the Father. Come on, worship him. Worship him. Worship him. You're enthroning the presence of God. You're crowning the king of glory with your worship. Come on, worship, 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 worship. Worship is transformative. It changes you. Worship transforms you. Come on, be transformed in your worship. Oh, come on, Decepticons. Transform in your worship. Transform from that deceptive you into the true you. The true worshiper that God has placed in you. Come on. Transform, transform, transform. Now with your last act of prophetic nature and posture, indulge me, just blow kisses to the Lord. Poscaneo, blow kisses to him, blow kisses, blow kisses. Hallelujah. And one last time, give him some praise if you would. Glory to God. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. Bless his wonderful name, mighty God. Welcome to the house of the Lord on this morning. I said welcome. Amen. Amen. She said I'm really hot. Praise the Lord. Welcome. Hey, just for my sake, while we're here in the presence of God, if you're here for the first, second, or even third time, if you would just wave your hand at me. I won't ask you to stand. I won't ask you to do nothing crazy. Just wave at me first, second, third time. Yes, Amen. Amen. Any others? Amen. Wave at me. Come on, elevate. Give them a hand clap. Amen. Normally, you would wait at this, at the end of this moment of our time together to do an altar call, but I feel the Spirit of God drawing in this place. If there be one today that would say they have not accepted Jesus Christ and their partner of their sins, or maybe you have backslidden, gone astray, Today is a day for you to reckon and to reconcile with Christ. If that's you today, you made some mistakes, you stumbled, you fell, you tripped, but today is your get up day. Tell yourself, say, self, it's time to get up. Say it again, self, it's time to get up. If that's you today, you done made some mistakes. This is a judgment-free zone. We have no judgment upon you. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And only God be judged. Can't no man judge. Can't nobody judge. Yes, somebody can. God can. Hallelujah. That's you today. Don't worry about your neighbor. Just wave at me a short wave today. Just wave at me. You accept and I see you. Any others today, you're getting it right. I see you. Any others today, say it's today. I'm, I'm getting it right. I'm getting it right. Amen. Any others? Any others? Any others? Amen. I have identified you. I won't ask you to leave now because there is a word from the Lord for you. And I felt the need and the urging by unction of the Holy Spirit is to lead you first into the presence of God so that you can really feast on the word of God today. So for those of you who made a decision, let's all stand together with them 
everyone standing. Because if you didn't lift your hand, you're the very one that God wants to speak to today. You're the very one God wants to move in and through this morning. So let's make this faith declaration in concert all together. Y'all would repeat these words after me. Heavenly Father, gracious Father, I thank you that today my name can be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Today, Lord, by a confession of my faith, I declare that Jesus is the Lord of my life. My sins are washed away. I have been purged and washed by the blood of Jesus. Today, I am sin-free in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen and amen and amen. Remain standing if you would as we go to the word of the Lord. Grab your Bibles all over the place. Hallelujah. I told you every time I have opportunity, I would declare and confess these words as it is my prayer. Lord, connect me with those who aren't connected to you to help me reconcile those who have been disconnected from you, Father. That's my prayer, and I pray that it has become your prayer as well. Let's go to the word of Lord. Let's go to the book of wisdom, Proverbs chapter number 16, verse number 20. Proverbs chapter number 16, verse number 20. Then we're going to stroll over. Meet me in Romans chapter number 13, verse number 1. When you have it, say amen. Kind of slow. If you're still looking, say hallelujah. You're waiting for me to put it on the screen, say thank you, Jesus. That is far too many. Hallelujah. Amen. Proverbs chapter number 16, verse number 20. Romans chapter number 13, verse number 1. And we're going to say it loud and strong. Let's make our faith confession today, our declaration. Would you repeat after me? Today, I'll be taught the word of God. Oh, I said, say it strongly if you would. Today, I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready. My mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say that again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Declare that loudly. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Do me a favor. Prophesy over your neighbor. Say wealth and riches shall be in your house. Your other neighbor sleep, wake him up, say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Shout, I'm blessed to be a blessing. My house is blessed. My children are blessed. My marriage is blessed. My church is blessed. I'm blessed. Now shout amen. Clap your hands if you can. 
Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter number 16, verse number 20, it says, Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers. 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 If you want to be prosperous, you must obey. Only he who gives heed to instructions will prosper. If you don't obey, then you don't get an opportunity to get what God has for you. Prosperity and obedience go hand in hand. And you're thinking, oh, it's just money. No, if you want favor, if you want your way, if you want opportunities, God said in order to receive it, obey. If you want healing in your body, (laughs) you got to follow the instructions. Somebody shout obey. Only he that heeds the instructions prospers. Blessed is the one who truths in the Lord, trusts in the Lord. Blessed is one who trusts in the Lord. Let's go to 1 John. 1 John. 1 John. 1 John. Let's, let's start there. 1 John, chapter number 5. Let's, let's do that. Verse number 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to what? So you just can't ask anything. Tell your neighbor, just can't ask anything. Tell your neighbor, you can't ask anything and get it. You got to ask him according to his will. Amen. Let's pray. Father, now in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your kingdom authority. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I may have overprepared, but I'm going to give you all that I got. Because God just downloaded a bunch of stuff in me. Hallelujah. A fresh download. So I'm going to try to give you what I got. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, I felt this morning, amen, to, to, to rock my, uh, my attire. <clears throat> um, just to let you know, we walking in. Oh, yeah. We walking in. So, so here it is. We've been talking about kingdom authority, kingdom authority. I know you're wondering where you can buy that. It's going to be available as soon as we work out the details with our manufacturer. Amen. You can have your own. Amen. Praise God. So we've been talking about kingdom authority. And hear this, beloved. We have this confidence. The Bible says as we approach God, we can ask anything. Why? We have this confidence that if we ask anything in his will, he would give. So you can walk in kingdom authority with the confidence knowing that if you're walking in God's will, no matter what you ask, you shall receive. If it's according to his will for your life. Are you hearing me? So the best prayer that you can pray is the will of God. 
If you want to answer prayer in your life, pray the way God wants you to pray. Then you won't see your prayers go amiss. You won't see vain prayers, prayers that go up, hit the ceiling, and fall back down and slap you in the back of the neck. No, when you pray the way God prays, God hears you and he answers. Pray the will of the Father. And we can have this confidence in him knowing that when we pray that way, he's going to answer. But we have to understand as believers, and we're going to teach today. I'm not going to try to jump and shout too much because I want you to get this. We've got to understand our position in the kingdom first and foremost. We have to understand the terminologies of the kingdom. Because a lot of us are walking in the kingdoms, but we don't know our rights in the kingdom. And we as the church, we have formulated in our liturgy, we have formulated certain Christianese words and phrases that goes against the kingdom of God. Stuff that even God don't understand. And we come with these terms and these phrases trying to sound all pseudo-spiritual deep. Hallelujah. But we have to understand the terminology, or watch this, the phraseology of the kingdom of God. Because how can you walk in power and authority if you don't know the terms of the kingdom of which you walk in? How can you walk in kingdom authority? See, right now, there's a lot going on. They're, they're discussing the Constitution and the terms and what it really means and what the framers and the forefathers wrote. And when I saw that, I was like, God began to speak to me because they're going term by term, phrase by phrase, line by line to make sure they're doing it according to what the Constitution says. But we as the believers, we read the Bible and we just read through it and we don't focus in on the terms, the phraseologies of what God has to say about our lives. So we just read and read and read. Watch this for the sake of saying we read. Oh, I read 15 scriptures today and I memorized all of them. It ain't about you reading. It's about you understanding the phraseologies and the terms because therein unlocks the power for you to walk in authority. Somebody shout authority. So we're going to talk about kingdom authority today. The phraseology of the kingdom. We're talking about the phraseology of the kingdom. The way phraseology is the way a speaker writes. And the way he puts words and phrases together. That is the phraseology. When we see the word of God. It is God phrasing. Putting phrases together. And as he constructs these phrases. At the end of the phrase. Is power. And authority. The Bible is the construct of the kingdom's constitution. So when you read the Bible, it builds together the foundation of what God intends for a nation of people. So as you're reading the Bible, the Bible is the construct of the constitution. It is the preamble of which God puts in place so that you will understand his purpose and his meaning. And you will also understand your purpose and your meaning in the kingdom of God. It is the terms of which the kingdom and its citizens operate. That's the Bible. Somebody shout, that's the Bible. The Bible is the terms of which the kingdom and its citizens operate. So when you read, don't just read. And when you read, don't just read about the Hebrews and the Israelites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Isites and Malachites and all these ites. Don't just read about the disciples and, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Read it as though God is speaking to you 
to inform you about what he wants you to do. Hallelujah. Oh, we're going to have our eyes open today. The Bible is God's constitution to his people. It's his constitution to his people. We are a holy nation under one sovereign God. So we have a constitution just like the United States Constitution. And we have to understand the phraseologies and the terms when we read it. So here it is. Let's go to it. Somebody shout, let's get to it. Uh, let's get to it. In, the, in John, in the Gospel of John, chapter number 4 and 23, Jesus meets this woman at the well. Y'all know the passage, the text. It's familiar. He meets this woman at the well who has had many husbands, and the one she's living with now ain't her husband. She's shacking up. Praise the Lord. We'll deal with that another time. Well, just for a second. Jesus never rebukes her for shacking up. I'll leave that alone. He rebukes her more about the place of which she worships than he talks about the person she's living with. Okay. So in the Gospel of John, chapter number four, somebody was like, man, say some more about that because, uh, amen. I felt it in the spirit. I did. I did. Jesus says this. He says, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him, somebody shout, they is us. Yeah, he's talking about us. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So as we break this thing down, because we're talking about terms and phraseology for God, for us to understand our position in God. Watch this. Jesus starts the text by saying, but the hour cometh and now is. Skirt. The hour cometh, future tense, and now is, present tense. Oh, God. Future and present at the same time. It speaks to the sovereignty and the power of God. God is future tense and present tense at the same time. Y'all looking at me strange. Okay, here it is. Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. Hear this, beloved, and everything in between. So God is omnipresent. He is in your future. He's in your present. And guess what? He's in your past all at the same time. So when he writes the construct of the Bible, the preamble to the Constitution, he is dealing with the future you, the present you, and the past you all at the same time. Good God Almighty. You can't miss God. You can't escape from God. If you had the ability to time travel and go in your past, guess who will be there? If you had the ability to transport yourself into your future, guess who's going to be there? If you would try to erase your present time, lose your mind, go crazy, woo -woo -woo -woo, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs for a moment in your present, guess who's still there? You can't miss God. He is here, there, everywhere at the same time. Psalmist said this, God, if I make my bed in hell, guess who is there? You are there. Oh, God. So Jesus speaks. He says, the hour cometh and now he is. Watch this. When God speaks, God speaks this. 
He speaks in future tense. And he speaks defensively, means that it's certain. And he speaks definite. So when God speaks, he speaks in certain terms, and those terms are settled. This will not change. I'm going to say that again. This will not change. The translations may change. The, The ones who translate it may change. But the pure essence and the construct of the word of God will always remain the same. Oh, it was written by King James. He was gay. He was uh, uh, he raped people and all that. It won't change the word. Oh, it was written by a man, a white man. It won't change the word. I don't care who translated it. Y'all quiet up in this place. I ain't gonna read the Bible. That's written by man. And God said it himself. He inspired. Every word is inspired by God. God breathed. So when you read the word, it's inspired by God. It don't change. Hallelujah. It's God breathed. And he speaks in these terms. Future tense, present tense. And he speaks with definiteness. He speaks. Amen. Glory to God. He's speaking right now. (laughs) Hallelujah. So here it is. As we're learning the phraseology in the terms of the kingdom, watch this. Our approach to the kingdom will determine what what is released from the king. So our approach to the kingdom will determine what is released from the king. I'm going to say that again. Our approach to the kingdom will determine what the king releases. So if you don't understand the terms, you will approach the king, watch this, in error. You will come to him with words that are not formed in fashion for his hand to open up to release anything in your life. Somebody shout phraseology. So you got to make sure your mouth is right. I'm going to say that again. Make sure your mouth right. In other words, be careful of the words you speak, especially in the presence of God. Because you can have high treasonsy uh, before the king if you say something out of the will of God. Watch this. It's treason unto his throne. So if you insert your will where his will shall be fulfilled, then you have superseded yourself above God. Somebody shout treason. Because now you're trying to insert your will over God's will. Can I bring it home? It is called witchcraft. You are trying to manipulate the hand of God to do what you want him to do for you and it ain't his will. Witchcraft. And, and while we're there, the Bible says, suffer not a witch to live, so you don't want to die, so stay out of witchcraft. Tell your neighbor, say, tell your neighbor, say stay out of witchcraft. So our approach will determine what is released from the king. The way we process the kingdom has been inside out, but our approach to the throne has been outside in. Tell me what you're talking about, apostle. So our approach as the church, our approach has been inside out. In other words, Lord, change me on the inside so that I can change on the outside. That's how we approach God. We, we approach as a church. Get your life right. Start on the inside. And if God can move on the inside, then something will happen on the outside. That's been our approach. That's been the way we process the kingdom. I'm sorry. That's been the way we process the kingdom. But our approach to the throne has to be outside in. Okay, 
Our process is where we start on the inside and then something manifests on the outside. But, but our approach to the throne has to be different. We have to start at this place where we're starting from a place where when we're approaching his throne, it's outside, inward. Outside, inward. In other words, when I approach God, uh, instead of me approaching God, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, forgive me of what I have done. That is a process of which now God has to turn around in our lives. Because we don't approach God from this place of as a sinner, but a place of righteousness. Okay, okay. Let me drill, let me drill down on that one for a second. So, so when we approach God as God, I am a sinner, we spend more time focusing on the sins that we have committed that we don't really approach God from the place of majesty and grandeur of who he is. And watch this, even from the place of salvation of which the blood have shed. Oh, it's going to be good this morning. So now we're coming to God as a sinner saved by grace instead of the righteousness bought by the blood of Christ. Now watch. If I have to spend so much time asking God to forgive me of something he's already forgiven me of, I'm wasting God's time. Oh, God, we're going to set the church free today. If I spend so much time, God, forgive me of this, forgive me of that, he's like, I've forgiven you of that. Can we move on? Can, can we get to the next thing? The blood has already been shed. Somebody shout, the blood still works. So watch this. We have to understand the phraseology of the kingdom. Watch this. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So my approach to the throne is not a sinner. My approach is the righteousness of God coming to him. Because uh, watch, if you come as a sinner saved by grace, then you have entered into the presence of the king illegally. Because God said that no filthy, dirty wretch shall stand in the presence of an almighty God. Oh, that's good right there. He, he says that none unrighteous shall stand in my presence. So if you come as a sinner, you're coming as the unrighteous. So you're standing in God's presence illegally. Oh, y'all didn't catch that. So you're standing before God, God, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. Say, get out of my presence. Only the righteous can stand here. <laughs> Only the righteous can stand where you're standing. So I come with the mindset that I am the righteousness of God. And watch this, it's not my righteousness. It's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I'm clothed in the righteousness of Christ. So now when I stand before him, God don't see me. He don't see the alcoholic, the crackhead, the whoremonger, the prostitute, the liar, the thief. He don't see none of that. He see righteousness. Oh, y'all. That's all he sees. That's it. He don't see nothing else. When you stand before him, when you approach his throne from this perspective that I am the righteous of God, he see you and he don't see none of the stuff you've done. Because you are the righteousness of God. 
in Christ Jesus. Now, you know, I taught you in the past, righteousness has nothing to do with you. You can't earn righteousness. You can't do nothing to obtain righteousness. Only God gives righteousness. It's his righteousness. Righteousness has nothing to do with who you are or what you do. Righteousness is a gift from God. It's not about your actions. It's about a state of being. Let's go there again. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Just like sin. Sin is a state of being, not an action. Sin is a state of being, not an action. Sin is not what you do. Sin is who you are. You were a sinner before you ever sinned. We're all formed and shaped, birthed into iniquity. All have sinned and fallen short. Before you even know how, knew how to sin, you were sinning. So it had nothing to do with what you've done. It was about a state of being. Uh-huh. Because of one man's sin, we all have sinned. But because of one man's righteousness, we're all righteous. Now watch. Adam sinned, and the sin nature of man came upon all of man. Because of one man's sin. Sin was grafted in. It was imputed unto you. You came out the womb a sinner. You didn't steal nothing. You didn't reach over and grab a... a a syringe when you was a baby and stuck it in your swallowing. No, you came out like a sinner. Yeah. Amen. And you did nothing. You were a sinner the day you born. But when you got born again, when you were born again, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're no longer a sinner. You become the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. He says, seek ye the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, not yours, his. So the day you get his righteousness, he puts a robe on you. So now everywhere you go, he sees you as righteous. That's why the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, but he get back up again. Why? Because we're clothed in righteousness. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, this is going to get good. So our approach to the throne has to be outside in. We have to see what he has done so now that it can have an impact on the inside. The kingdom, William Barclay said this, the kingdom is a state of things on earth in which God's will is as perfectly done as it is in heaven. Okay? It is a state of which... In the earth, that God's will, as perfect as it is in heaven, is here on earth. That is the kingdom authority that we have to call on the perfection of heaven down to earth. Amen. So watch this. To do the will of God and to be in the kingdom of God are one and same thing. That's why we've got to understand the terms. You have to understand to do, to be in the kingdom and his will go hand in hand. So you can't walk around here talking about I'm in the kingdom, but you're not doing his will. I'm a kingdom citizen. No, you're not. You're an alien. And we're going to build a wall. Because you're illegal in the kingdom of God. 
So the will of the Father and the kingdom of God goes hand in hand. So if you're a kingdom citizen, then you should be one doing the will of the Father. That's how the kingdom is manifested. So let's go to the, the, the language of the kingdom, the ample, the preamble. And we look at the Lord's Prayer. We're looking at the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to try to rush through this. We look at the Lord's Prayer. Okay. We say it's the Lord's Prayer. That's why we got to fix the phraseology. We say it's the Lord's Prayer. Can I tell you something? It's not the Lord's Prayer. It is not the Lord's Prayer. Jesus never prayed this prayer. He taught this prayer, but he never prayed it. It's not his prayer. Let's see how it goes. The Gospel of Luke chapter number 11. Verse number one says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us. There it is. Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. Jesus didn't pray this prayer. He taught the prayer. Ah. Teach us how to pray. It's a funny thing is they were with Jesus over three plus three and a half plus years. And the only thing they asked Jesus to teach them was this one thing, was how to pray. That's amazing. They said the most important thing we want to know from you, Jesus, is how to pray. You know why? They saw the manifestation of Jesus' prayers. They saw when Jesus would go to certain places he would pray, he would come back miracles, signs, and wonders. They said, ooh, man, there's something about that prayer. Um. <laughs> uh, Every time you go in the mountain, come down, dead people are risen. <laughs> Every time you go into the garden and pray, lame people jump up and they walk. Every time you go and pray, somebody comes who's blind, whose sight is recovered. Teach us how to pray. Watch this. The Lord's prayer is not the Lord's prayer. It's ours. I'm going to say that again. The Lord's prayer is not his prayer. It's ours. As disciples of his, we have to understand that when we pray, this is the prayer that Jesus wants us to pray, not that he prays. Are you with me? Okay. It is the preamble. We see it in Matthew. I'm closing with this. It's in the book of Matthew, chapter number six. He says, watch. He says, this then is how you should pray. Somebody shout, this is how I should pray. Our father. Oh, you ain't got to say it. I'm sorry. Y'all so used to that, huh? Look at y'all. So, so religious. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Uh, this is the NIV. It says on earth, but the King James original translation says in earth. It says on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread for, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive... Other people, when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. See, we cut it short at the dying is the kingdom of doxicology, dying is the kingdom of the power and the glory. No, but Jesus said part of this prayer, too, is to learn how to forgive others. <laughs> because if you don't forgive them, how do you expect the father to forgive you? That's part of the prayer. That's part of the preamble. So here it is. The preamble, the kingdom preamble has an introduction. Somebody shout an introduction. It has an introduction. It also has seven petitions that this prayer petitions God seven times. 
Tamiah shouts seven. The first petition in petitioning God is, hallowed be thy name. Is that we're calling on the power and the majesty and authority of God's name. That's the first petition. That when you pray this prayer, not word for word, line by line, but this is an outline of how you pray. He says, when you pray, call upon that great name. Hallowed be thy name. Your name is voluminous, God. It's magnificent. It's powerful. You call on that great name. The second petition is thy kingdom come. That you're asking God the perfection that is in heaven, you're calling it down to earth. That's what the kingdom of God is. God, watch this, we're trying to rush to get to heaven, and heaven is trying to rush to get to earth. Oh, God, y'all not hear me this morning. Everybody want to die and go to heaven. Heaven is dying to come to earth. Thy kingdom come. God is trying to get his kingdom to come. God is trying to get his kingdom to come. God is trying to get his kingdom from there to here. God is trying to get his kingdom from heaven to earth. We are as assignment ambassadors in the earth realm is to bring the kingdom of God from heaven to earth. That's your job. Tell your neighbor that's your job. Your job is to call down heaven. And he says, here it is, thy kingdom come. That's another petition. The third petition is that thy will be done in earth, that his will be done. Next is give us this day our daily bread. God, give us the provision that is needed. Give us what's needed. We need your word for today. Not, not just substance, substance, not just material things, but you need the daily bread of his word. Every day you wake up, you should be looking for daily bread. And that's his word. Because his word is going to give you the provision you need for the day. Amen. His word is going to give you what you need. If you need money, his word is going to get you money. If you need healing, his word is going to get you healing. If you need favor, his word is going to get you favor. So every day you wake up, don't look for favor, look for his word. And his word will produce favor. Don't look for finances, look for his word, because his word will produce finances. Don't look for deliverance, look for his word, because his word is going to produce deliverance. Don't look for peace, look for his word, because it's going to bring you perfect peace. It's in his word. Somebody shout, it's in his word. And it also says uh, the, uh, king, the uh, kingdom preamble, uh, another petition is, and forgive us. And then lastly it says, and lead us not into temptation. Another petition. I'm sorry, one more. And then lastly it's, but deliver us from evil. Now many theologians believe uh, from this text, one uh, of evil things or the evil one. Lord, deliver us either from evil things or the evil one. Lord, just deliver me. I don't care if it's the evil one or evil things. <laughs> just make it simple, right? Is it the evil one? Now watch. He delivers you from evil things and evil one, but he doesn't set you free from it. Oh, God. that Because the Bible does not go against itself. In Ephesians, it says that your days will be filled with evil. So in order for God to free you from evil, means he have to strike Ephesians out. That your days no longer will be filled with evil. So God doesn't go against his word. He says he will deliver you from evil, but he won't free you from it. Oh, wake your neighbor up for me right fast. Say, neighbor. You've been delivered, but you ain't free. Huh? 
He delivers you from evil. So while you're caught up and the evil one is on you, God picks you up and takes you out of evil and puts you in a place of peace. And then you get in this place and things are good. You're skipping, running through, and then you find more evil. Lord, I thought I was done with this thing. He said, I'm coming to deliver you again. And he delivered. Anybody ever been there before? (laughs) You get out of one fix. You get over here and find yourself in another fix. You find yourself in this thing. And then you get out of that thing, come over again, caught up in another thing. That's because you have been delivered. Not set free. Jesus said, whom the son sets free. Jesus come to set you free. So when Jesus comes, you're going to be free from it and not delivered. Are y'all with me? So that's the petition. Watch this. So that's the petition. We have an introduction. We have the petitions. Then we have the doxicology. Doxicology is the the ending with a, a song with praise. Thine is the kingdom, the glory, and the power. See, when you operate up under the phraseology of what the Bible really says about who you are and how you should operate, this is how you should pray. This should be your daily prayer, and you should end it with the praise. <laughs> Y'all missed that. You should end it with the praise. You should end it with the song. I know you don't sound great. I know you have a voice that only your mother would love. I know you can't carry a note in the bucket. Amen. But, but, but God says at the end of it all, Open up your mouth and sing praises to me. Open up your mouth and sing praises. But I got to approach the throne with the right wording, the right phrasing. Because if I don't, watch this, I'm going to frustrate the grace of God on my life. Because I'm going to end up asking for some stuff. I'm going to end up saying some stuff. I'm going to end up going some places. Why? Because I'm not operating under the terms of the constitution of the kingdom. I'm going to even call down some things I shouldn't even be calling down. Some of you right now got some prayers hitting and bombarding heaven. And instead of them being prayer requests, they're actually arrows piercing the kingdom of God. You're attacking the kingdom. Because you're asking for things that go against the kingdom. Well, I'm I'm just asking for healing for my mother. I'm just asking for my house not to be repoed. I'm just asking that my car get fixed. Well, what if God has another will? Instead of fixing your car. Instead of your house being repossessed. Instead of your mom just getting a healing. But she get totally healed. Because, see, you can get a healing from one thing and still have some elements from another. Y'all quiet. But, but, but what if God has another will? And you're shooting prayers up there. Say, God, do this, do this. He said, that's not my will. I got something better in store for you. But you keep shooting the miss. You know, old church said they're sending up uh, timber. You're praying and praying and praying. Ain't nothing happening. You know why? Because you're not praying the way the kingdom wants you to pray. So we got to understand what God says and how he says it so we can do it how he requires us to do it. That's the authority we have, is to operate in the will of the Father here in the earth realm 
So the perfect will of heaven can now come into earth and the perfect will of heaven can now be fulfilled in earth. I'm going to say that again, that the perfect will of heaven can now come down in earth. So now the perfect will of heaven can now be fulfilled in earth. Y'all not catching it yet. That the perfect will of heaven can come down in earth so that the perfect will of heaven can be fulfilled in earth. That the perfect will of the Father will come down from heaven and fill this earthen vessel. And the will of heaven can now be fulfilled on the inside of us. It's kingdom authority. And when we approach the throne that way, now we can approach demons and devils with the power and the authority that God has granted us that we can cast out demons, we can lay hands upon the sick and they recover. We can put hands on the blinded eyes and they see. We can now speak to deaf ears that they may hear. Why? Because we're operating the full will of the kingdom of God's authority. If you would, bow your heads with me. Lord, help us get our words right. (laughs) Lord, help us to speak right. Lord, give us the words to say of which you would have us to say that your perfect will, God, be fulfilled in this day. Let our prayers not go amiss, God, by us praying some vain prayers. Let us not pray, Lord God, just for us. Jesus never wanted us just to pray the prayers that will only pertain to us, but he wanted us to pray the prayers of kingdom authority that would not only impact our lives, but it would impact a kingdom of people, a nation of people. So when we pray, we don't pray selfish prayers no more, God. We pray prayers, God, that extend beyond us into your your kingdom. That God, if you heal me, God, I'm asking God that you will heal, Lord God, the multitude. That God, if you set me free, God, I'm asking you, God, to set free the multitude. Prayers, Lord God, that would impact nations. Prayers, Lord God, that would transform hearts. So, Father, today, I declare, indeed, this is a nation of kings and priests. Yeah, God. A nation of kings and priests operating in your full authority operating your full right and your full power that you have bestowed upon us oh god we thank you and we call upon that great name and we say thy kingdom come and let your will be fulfilled in this earth your will be done in in these earthen vessels and father we thank you that this day that our sins have been forgiven and we are the righteousness of god in christ jesus father we declare in this place god We are the righteousness of God. And we walk in that righteousness and that authority and that power, God, and that anointing that you have given us now in the name of Jesus. So, Father, now I ask anyone standing, Lord God, on the boundaries of your kingdom, standing on the other side of the wall, while they're struggling, God, at this very moment, With the cares and the vicissitudes of life, they're struggling with their identity of who they are in you, God. And as a child of yours, God, they're struggling, God, with the idea of you being Adonai, the Lord of their life, God. They're struggling with it. Today, Father, call them forth. Open up the gates. Let the floodgate open, God. Let them in today. Let them in today, God. 
Father, you're not calling, Father, those who are clean, those who are righteous. You're calling the unrighteous into the kingdom that they may be clean. You're not calling the sinless. You're calling the sinful into your kingdom. For you have declared, Jesus, you didn't come for the healthy, the well. You came for those who are sick. So today, call them out now, God. Call them. Call them now. If that's you today, you're standing on the brink of the kingdom of God. I'll make another appeal to you today. If that's you and the word has pricked your heart today, and you want to make a decision. If that's you today, lift your hand, wave it at me. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Saints should be praying. Do it now, Father. Call them out of darkness to your mother's light. Thank you, Father. Yes. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. If you're here today, you don't have a church home, God is calling you to connect with Elevate Church today. If that's you, amen. I make a petition to you as well. Shoot your hand in the air. You felt the Spirit of God drawing you to connect with us today here at Elevate Church. If that's you, wave your hand up at me today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. Any In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. For those of you who have responded to the petition, our intercessors will be in the front room to pray with you today upon the first petition that I sent to you. Request for those who are giving their life to Christ. Make sure you stop by the front room. Share your uh, decision with them so they can celebrate and pray with you. Amen. Before you leave here. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Praise and stand to your feet as we close. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, get your mouth right. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you're outstanding in need of prayer, those who are online to this morning, you can call 225-503-0706. It's the number if you're standing in need of prayer or just send us an email at prayer at elevatechurchbr.com. You also can text the word join for those of you by way of online if you don't have a church home and you want to be a part of what God is doing here and if you're not in the city of Baton Rouge or anywhere close around you can be a part of our digital church as well just text the word join to 225-361-2016 if you made a decision today simply hashtag here's my all in the box below amen and amen we thank God for each of you on tomorrow is MLK serve day amen we want to make sure uh, we let you know tomorrow amen is mlk serve day so find an opportunity to serve on tomorrow to be a blessing to someone on tomorrow whether it's you going out and feeding the homeless or you're helping the elderly amen